0: This episode is brought to you by WorkRamp. WorkRamp turns customer education into a growth engine for your business by delivering delightful learning experiences that increase product adoption and customer retention. Those are crucial, crucial metrics. WorkRamp's all-in-one learning platform is trusted by top education teams at Outreach, Reddit, Workiva, and more. So get your demo today at workramp.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to C-Lab. This is Dave Derrington, your host for the show, and this is a special episode that we've recorded at our sister podcast, Working Out Loud, where we're talking with Nyanti Shaw about data. This episode's called Area Under the Curve. Enjoy. us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're at, and then we're going to get into a really cool discussion today.
2: Sounds good. Well, thanks, Dave, for inviting me on this. This is always fun stuff to kind of talk about. Hi, everyone. I'm Mia Thisha. I'm currently the Director of Education at Lacework. Prior to joining Lacework, I built out the education program at MongoDB University, which is at MongoDB, which is MongoDB University. And it's one of my pet projects. And I'm, I would love to kind of share and talk a little bit more about that. I think that the thing that I thrive on the most is just improving the customer experience, demonstrating passion, like just seeing successful adoption and having customer satisfaction through it. So Dave, that's a little bit more about me.
1: That is wonderful. Cool. So now Let's get into the show today. I'm playing around with all my stuff. I'm working behind <laughs> the scenes. But what's cool here, Nathisha, is that just very recently, we have a mutual friend in high places, <laughs> I'd like to say. <laughs> Mr. Nick Mehta, the wonderful Mr. Nick Mehta, connected us via email a little bit ago. And we we're like, well, yeah, we know each other. It's been a while. Let's, let's get back. And I remembered we had such a great talk the first time about, I think, where you and I really connected. And I know we really connected when we talked on the phone or on Zoom. We don't talk on phones anymore, really. (laughs) Where we really connected is that geek out moment where we have all kinds of... We like to think we're smart people. I know you are. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Self-deprecating humor for the win. Let me be bold and personal to you and the audience. This field of customer education, I want to frame this up because it's so challenging Right. On all aspects of everything I do. Yeah. When I started working at Gainsight, and this is where you and I have like, like very similar look on how we're going, well, I've got to solve this problem. But we have this great technology here. You had MongoDB. I had Gainsight.
3: Yeah.
1: Both of us came with a pedigree of understanding how to use more technical systems. We, we like to geek out on math, right? We like to think about databases. And guess what? When I was in the moment seven-ish years ago, and starting to, to, one, learn about customer ad, two, learn about these new technologies that are out there. Yeah. And then, three, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to build an academy and training for this company. And where do I start? Right. So this confluence point of all these hard things, that's why, and buried in our discussion today, I'm going to pull this out, why I named this the area under the curve. Yep. You know where that comes from. Yeah. You're into the curve.
2: <laughs> I think that that's what it is, right? It's the pieces of the sum that really make up the whole program. And it's actually concentrating on the data as you're going through it. I think that's the piece that I think last time, Dave, when you and I kind of spoke about, we geeked about that, that pieces, right? And it's, it's the data analytics. It's all the other small, small little individual pieces that we do that make a difference.
1: Well, let's build up to this. Okay. I actually I went and drew some pictures out, and, and I got some stuff in my miro board that I can pull up. that would be great. But before I do that, what I really want to do is give you the stage, and I would like you to talk about your. Everybody's got an origin story, and I think these are so cool. And your origin story is kind of like mine because we both had this great product or great products to play with. So we're kind of using that product. To teach people, too, at the same time, it's a, a meta. Okay, if I get really jokey and use our friend Nick and me HTA, it's a metaphysical problem. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's going to be like, whatever, Dave. You have the stage now. I would like you to talk about your origin story, MongoDB in particular. But You can go around back or forward and tell us what you were doing there and why it was cool. Yeah,
2: definitely. Dave, I think uh, when we spoke, I mentioned to you that my whole story, how I got into customer education was serendipitous in some ways. I am actually a math and econ major. So that's why I think when you and I... (laughs) Talking about the the curve, I was like so geeked out about that, right? But I think that for me, when I joined MongoDB, it was a hundred percent company worldwide. And we were trying to really get ahead of the curve for the longest for 30 plus years, there was one singular database, there was one way of doing things. And now we were coming in and disrupting the market. So for me, joining MongoDB, it was just a point to being able to disrupt the market being able to do something in a different way to really for the future right? Because we know that right. the world was evolving, data was becoming more and more center stage, no matter what kind of company you were. Uh-huh. And so I think for me, when I joined MongoDB, it was that opportunity that I was really excited about. But now at the same time, we were just a small little sliver in this larger world of database. And how do we actually make our mark? And so that was the challenge that I was given with. when I joined as the global training manager about 10 years ago. And the goal was, is that from the inception to when I joined, we had trained about 3,500 individuals worldwide and we wanted to double wow. number in the next fiscal year. And so how do you actually do that when your engineers who are building the core product are doubling down as your trainers, they're doubling down as your solution architects, they're doubling down as your consulting engineers, as your support engineers. And so that's how the notion of MongoDB education, MongoDB University came about. Right. Mm. It was the idea is that we are a team of hundred individuals worldwide, but we really need to make sure that we are advocating for our product and we're showing individuals why this product is here to stay and what the impact of it could potentially be for you. Another cool thing about MongoDB is it's open source right? So that was another big, big thing uh, for me is actually just joining the tech world with uh, open source product. And so what we did there is, you know, we built out MongoDB education. We started out with two courses where we had there and we, in our first run of those courses back in 2012, we had 30,000 users registered worldwide with an 80% completion rate. Like how cool is Wait,
1: wait, wait. 30,000 users, 80% of them completed. Yeah. And that completion rate, I, you know, I know like our friends, Capilla over at Miro says, you know, we don't care about completion rates. We do care about completion rates, especially when they're 80%. <laughs> 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 That's, how did you motivate people? Seriously, Neatisha, like how could you motivate people to do this complicated training? I mean, this MongoDB is not an easy concept, right? Yeah. I mean, you made it easier, but tell me yeah. about that. Like how did you motivate folks? Yeah.
2: So I think part of it was that there was demand out there in the market. So I can't really say that it was all me, right? I think the demand <laughs> there was demand out there in the market. But I think that What we did is that we actually launched two tracks. So with MongoDB, we had two major audiences. We had the developer audience and we had the DBA, which are database administrator audience. And so what we actually did is that our biggest detractors at that point in time for adoption were actually our DBAs because the developers liked the flexibility. They loved what MongoDB gave them, which is gave them the full control over their database, how they wanted to actually build out the schema and things of that sort. So I think the developers were kind of there already. But what we did is we made sure that the videos were chunk size. So like some of the knowledge that we know now, we kind of followed it really earlier on in 2000 and like, Twelve back then. We made sure that our videos were no more than five to seven minutes long. We made sure that there were quizzes. We had gamification associated with it. We release, at that point in time, what we did is we release content on a weekly basis. So it almost felt like you are in college and you're going through, well, every single person was complaining about the same homework assignment. They're like, this is so hard. And I think that piece is what really helped and motivated individuals because everyone was working through the same exact content. And they were doing the same homework assignment and the homework assignments were very hands-on.
1: I love this. So, okay, this is a page in the playbook. I don't hear used very much. Mm-hmm. So let's go back a little bit. Is there any other point you'd like to make? Because i want to kind of like talk to these things that you're...
2: The other thing I'll just say is on the DBA side of the house, what we did is I actually convinced our co-founder to teach our first course, record mm-hmm. our first course. Wow, so, and he was, and he's like a celebrity, right? So having a celebrity teach about a concept to individuals that are deterred to absorbing the content, I think, really helped me, right? Like I knew that. I needed something just more than engaging content. I knew that I needed more than just gamification. I needed something else to grab that audience, right? And so we kind of like talk about it. And when Dwight Merriman is his name, when he talks about MongoDB and why he decided to build that out, he lights up and I think he gets everyone excited who don't even know anything about databases. So, I mean, I thought databases were the most dry stick and here I am. Fast forward to lacework and security and, you know, here we are.
1: Well, there are a couple of questions I have in that. I'll start with the last is yeah. the celebrity. I've kind of thought about that before, but in a different context. Mm-hmm. You know what? When, when you say celebrity, what I think is a product or technology, and they go out and they, they contract with somebody. I'll give you an example of this mountain. Mm. Is have you heard of Mountain? They go by MNTN all caps. They're in customer success. Well, they have a lot of customer success, but they're really about the advertising space and trying to make that a lot more targeted towards people like us. Okay. When we're not watching the Super Bowl and we're not necessarily on TV and we're trying to connect with the market and help people learn about our products. Right. And Ryan Reynolds is the chief creative officer for that. Right. You know, Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> This is a practical example of kind of a celebrity. And he even did that. You know why I self-deprecated myself earlier? I did that intentionally. Not that I was really thinking about this too much as an example, but you have someone who has celebrity status, whether they're the CEO or you know, they're somebody from the outside world, they matter to us. Yeah. Like, oh wow, this person is exceptional. They did this thing. I actually want to hear about it. And when I say this is not in the playbook for customer education, I think it should be. Because what you did naturally, and I love this, and I think more people should do it is say, hey, let's get you here and talk about your own product for a little bit. Yeah. Caveats being, okay, you've got Sage in the stage in reality. So did you do things for them that kind of packaged, chunked, kept them from just like kind of ranting and have them be on a place where they can truly, I mean, you're talking MongoDB. This is big database, DBA concepts. Right. How did you help him connect with the audience? in a a good educative way.
2: Yeah. So I think that for their kind of like setting the stage to what we're trying to do, right? What is the end goal? I think it's really important to kind of set that first. And so that's what we did. Like, what is the goal of you sharing this information and kind of like making sure that we have scripts and we have outlines written out ahead of time so that you kind of stay in scope because he's so passionate. We can envision that, you know, we could like go down a rabbit hole. Our learners may not have been ready for that information and we might have been used For them right then and there. So, we made sure of like just having structure around what we want to educate our learners on. What is it that's going to really benefit them? What is going to help with that shift in thought and in this approach and in adoption of this new technology? So, that was at the core of what we built out on the developer side, but also on the DBA side.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. So, I get it now. If I were to use a celebrity, sit down, make a guide, keep people on the rails, help them out. Container the content because this is me in a heartbeat. If I get excited about something, I'm going to go on and on and on, and that's why I have to tightly script and time box myself in education. Yeah. I said nope, nope. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to talk about this, or I have a co-pilot kick me.
2: <laughs> I think I think we all fall into that, right? Things that yeah. we're really passionate about. If you saw when you talked about data and when you talked about some of the other things, like I just ended up getting so animated and excited about it that I just went on so much longer than we needed to on that conversation. So I think that all of us need that somewhere along the way.
1: All of us do need that. Well, I want to get to that in a moment. Yeah. But I purposely want to go back to some things you said. Again, I said or I put up on the screen here this. Yeah. Chunk size videos, no more than five to seven minutes. Just as a reminder to us, it's easy to make a long video. And I work with folks all the time from the outside just get, oh can I make this video and do this thing and dude, that's like an hour. Nobody's going to watch that. Actually, you know what? I was looking at some of the data and the state of customer education reports that are coming out. There's a surprising, really interesting comment in there that our data point in there that says it really isn't till you get to over mm, 60 minutes where people are going to opt out of a video Right. in our industry, Right. which I'm like, that's phenomenal. I did not expect that, but I still think that intro in the material, as like think of it as a crescendo, right? We're getting louder. We're going deeper. And when we start, you definitely want that small microdose right. to, get me to, to get me to trust you, to get me to go, yeah, this is worth my time. And then over time, because I'm self-motivated, which is what we're going to talk about here next, I'm having these little tiny doses, these little interventions that's gradually building up my understanding of your product right but on my time because i'm busy and i'm doing other things
2: right but but the thing to kind of think about it i think i i agree with what you're what we are seeing in and what the data is showing here but think about a playlist so when i think about five like to seven videos yeah i think about that people are going to use them as a playlist right they're going to just go through it quickly but the thing that is kind of like important for me is that at a glance a learner is able to see exactly what's coming down for them. What are they expecting? What is it that is going to write? When you have a whole big video, you can't break it down into smaller things that people can see. So it may be someone might be like, oh, this topic that you're talking about in this first five minutes or in the middle five minutes is not interesting, but they're able to see what's coming down further and they will continue completing it. So I think that people, when they're sitting down to consume content, it's not that they're saying, I'm only going to do a five minute video. That's not what they're doing. It's just that we're breaking it down so they can see the playlist that they're going to be hearing.
1: Oh, I love that. It's like it's like the YouTube thing where you can yeah. index. Yes, I don't see that used enough, and I think we do need to do it more. Where I love your point. I would be very, I would be happy to do an hour long video if it were indexed, and I can go. Nope, got that jump. Got that. Nope, jump two x speed here. Slow down. And I'm okay working in that one space, but I personally and professionally, I think it, it, the gamified version of me, you know, the one that likes the dopamine drips is the one that likes that, oh, I did this little video and bing, there's a little check mark in my LMS that says I did that and now I can move on to the next thing. And now I see it's a 15% completion. Go, I'm going to, I'm motivated. <laughs> oh gosh.
2: But, and what they remember is I only did it in five minutes, even though they did seven, five minute videos, but the, what they're going to remember, it took me five minutes, right? So there's yes. psychology behind it as well. So again, kind of like going with like the data driven piece to it psychology is a really big piece in how I approach my education program.
1: Okay. Talking about psychology, I think there's a big, let's, I'm going to put this up again. And for those of you just watching, the psychology around consistency and regularity, where bringing up you, you release content on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So this kind of runs counter to a lot of conventional or traditional thinking in education, where I might run a course on a weekly basis. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about different new content. I'm just showing up, saying something. It's like a TV show where where I'm going to binge that stuff, and over time, or I might not. I might watch one episode at a time. Tell me about your thinking of why weekly, like weekly or regular content releases are really helpful for your audience.
2: Sure. So this was, again, Dave, this was early on in our journey. It's not about today, right? This was back in 2012, where the whole notion of MOOCs and online education was just coming around, right? So we were trying to mimic what you would get a college course or what you would do for at a bootcamp. I think that the world has evolved a little bit now. I still fall back on wanting to do content releases on a weekly basis or on a regular cadence. because. I think that The psychology behind being in the trenches together that, hey, we're consuming the same content, even the conversation that's happening within the discussion forums are limited to the same topic, right? So you sometimes have like a really deeper engagement with your learners. You're able to take a deeper dive into the concept that you're teaching, even though the video or the item that you're presenting may be just surface level information. But because in the discussion forum, because everyone is going through the content at the same time, you do have that opportunity of that learning that additional deeper dive, that aha moment, almost like meeting with your TA at the end of the class to kind of ask about a specific area that was taught today. So I still Mm -hmm. like that idea, but I think that now where the world is, you know, and where we are today, I think it's just a lot more difficult to do now. I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. So I'm actually launching something at Lacework right now where we're doing our advanced training every two weeks. And it's going to be a new topic that we're releasing. So I'm going to come back here cool. in another like month or so, and I can tell you a little bit more about how yeah. that and who's getting excited about it and what we're doing there.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm really excited about that. And that's you said a couple of things in there that I wanted to unpack. Right. That I heard you were talking about. You're telling the story of I'm releasing content every week, every two weeks. Discussion forum, discussion. Were you using community? adjacent
2: to that content? Or you have? did you have this integrated somehow with your community? We did. So we actually, we didn't have community back then. But what we did is that when I actually, so that's another, there's so many mm. tensions here, Dave, but I actually built out my own uh, homebrew LMS at MongoDB. And so when we initially started out with what we did is we made sure that we had discussion forums that were embedded at the lesson level.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
2: So, yeah. And so um, this way, the learners didn't really have to go to a third party. They didn't have to go somewhere else. Like discussion forums were embedded in your
1: courses. Okay. I'm going to really work out loud here. Yes. Tell me. Okay. I love this idea. And frankly, it's it inspires me, right. Natisha, because think about this. Yeah one of the problems I think that we have, one of the challenges that we're having in the learning management system, you know, the learning platform space is really engagement. And we have these like separate worlds where you have your community over here and they're the community people. And then you have your customer education people and you might have learning and development. You might have like all these people in the same pool. But one of the things that I'm thinking is there is a strength in community. What I love is doing these workshops that, so I have a, a customer education strategy workshop, which I'll be putting up again the next one. I don't have it to advertise or I would. But the, the power in that is that we that we're together. I might be a teacher, but I think of myself more as a facilitator or an mm-hmm. MC where I'm like, I don't know everything. I'm going to learn from you as much as you're going to learn from me. But I'm taking us down a road, a path. and I'm, My job and my experience set is to keep you on the rails in a live session or an online session. And what I liked about what you put together is that I think this is a lesson for the industry itself. What if we can instance learning pathways? So, okay, I'm taking this page from a, I'm really nerding out and I'm talking World of Warcraft here. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) In World of Warcraft, there would be like a dungeon or something and where people get together and go, we want to multiplayer together and we want to nerd out and we want to go and do this thing together. And there's a concept of an instance. So basically, what would happen in the backend is a server would spin up with the environment and all the stuff in it. These characters, these people, from a database type perspective, they will be loaded into a separate stack, a separate kind of instance, and they placed essentially in a separate private server. It's instance, but they're together, and it's the community experience because they're on Discord, they're talking, they're chatting, they have all this stuff going on the backend. We can learn a lot from the gaming space because the gaming space is live. Yeah, right. It's streaming. It's all on, but we don't often like what you did is took a page out of that playbook where you said, okay, technically this is instance learning where all of us are together following, you know, you, I, I don't know all the details about it, but let's just bear with me. You've got a cohort of people going through this learning pathway okay. and every week, every two weeks they are going, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to learn this. Oh, let's all talk about it. And you are learning so much deeper. Because I have you, I have other people, together, and we're social learning. We're sharing ideas, we're trying things out. It's just much better to, way to to learn. So it'd be lovely to say, hey, we've got a cohort. We're all going to go through this learning pathway together, and we get fed. Okay, this is this week's lesson. This is this week's lesson. This is it. Everybody chat about it. I'm actually seeing this in some of the newer platforms that are out there. They're kind of merging together yeah. with this seg- this it's a little community. It's a little education. It's a little all of this stuff. But what it really is, is is educational engagement.
2: But Dave, think about it from that. So that's a really great perspective. But thinking about, again, as all of us customer education professionals, one thing that we always have to think about is our company. What is the impact of the company? So some of the side effects that kind of came out of it is that early on with MongoDB, we were learning how others were using MongoDB, use cases that we didn't know about. Right through Whoa. this, right, and so we could actually bring that back to our support team, back to our product team, saying like, "Hey, did you know they're using it this way? We never thought about it, but man, <laughs> the, the, the use that is such an amazing use of what 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 we could do with this. Oh man, we didn't know about it; we hadn't thought about it. So kind of like the conversations that they were having because. Each individual had their own environment. They were trying to figure out what they were building out with. And based on what we're teaching, they had a lot of aha moments. And now they're sharing some of those aha moments with us, which is giving us aha moments and kind of helping our product roadmap.
0: This episode is brought to you by Intellum. You know Intellum; We've had them on the show before. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that customer education leads to retention and revenue. So the Intellum platform gives you everything you need to educate your customers, partners, and employees on the products and services you sell. They've got a great platform. They've got Evolve as an authoring tool. And with Intellum, put it all together, you can deliver highly personalized and engaging learning experiences, give your customers a single destination for all their learning needs, and create and manage a wide range of content. So check them out today at try.intellum.com slash C-E-Labs. That's C-E-L-A-B-S. This
1: is the true spirit of using your own creativity and social and engagement to make for a great education experience. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, I've done stuff kind of similar, but not to the level of what you've done because I have integrated. I've seen when I was at Gainsight, we did this and actually at Mm Azupo too. Yeah. where we had that community channel where we were putting our content in and we were talking about it we weren't getting into live streaming or anything like that if i had my dream i would do this i would say every week hey gang let's get on i've got the live stream we're and get in the channel and chat and then oh gosh i was experimenting with something called uh, uh, the twitch platform yeah and using in the twitch platform giving like actually giving people credit because i would identify their handle and then i would put their handle into a database and it would see all the engagement points. So give people engagement points for being involved. So if you got on and you said things or new type stuff or whatever, that would all give you, or you would have quizzes in line, like everything would be in this live experience. Yeah. So it, it's really weird, like we're seeing this hybridization of things we might've done in VILT and ILT, but now taking a new life in a different context where it could be streamed later, it could be live, it could be virtual, it could be asynchronous. Be done in Slack, be done in Twitch. There's just all kinds of possibilities now open
2: up yeah And that's where the whole notion of digital adoption is coming around digital adoption, digital adoption experience, right? That's where it's coming from. It's because it's no longer just our LMS. It's no longer just our content. There are all of these supporting technologies and information that we need to plug into in order to truly have a holistic experience, right? One thing that I'm a firm believer of is I want to meet my learners where they are.
1: Yes. Well, you have say seg- you get segue points. <laughs> because now we're going to talk about that area under the curve. And again, this is a meander. Both you and I are, have done this for a while and we're expressing our thoughts. What I really want to get to now is, okay, let's set this up. Yeah. We were talking the other day. I don't know exactly when that, what day that was, but less important than the fact that we were geeking out on math and you were talking about all these same things you're talking about now. Right. And let's think about this. Let's think about, think about a bucket. I don't know, think about a curve. Actually, let me, let me show my screen here. I got a Miro board up and I'm screwing it up. And that's not cool. And we'll share. How do I do this? Oh, it's not going to let me do it. Oh, share screen. There we go. Okay. And I want this screen. Let's do it like this.
2: Dave, just think about this. You're just creating suspense, which is awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am creating suspense. This is going to look a little... Oh, no, it's a... uh, Here, a window. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Can you see that now? Yes, I see your whole board. Yep. All right. This is Miro. So thank you, my friends with Miro. I'm learning new stuff in Miro every single day. So what I wanted to do is bring up an idea that we were hitting on that I'd never... Because of you, I think we can go somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. Our talk that we had the other day. Okay, so audience, yeah, we're talking math now, okay? Don't check out. Bear with us. It's not scary. It's cool. It's really cool, actually. I'm going to keep framing this up. I'm going to bring this up first. Because this is your customer's experience. This is our experience as a product. This is the crossing the chasm thing. And I like bringing this up all the time. Jeffrey Moore made this into a really good idea for us in tech, because what I want to reframe and make sure that we all understand about customer education is this is what we're living against. This is what we're fighting. Mm -hmm. If you work in a, a traditional company, let's say that company is 30 years old, 40 years old, they make a database product. You know what I'm talking about. That database is probably not changing too much, right? Yeah. Day to day. SQL Server or whatever—they're—they're they're pretty static. Yeah, they're going to have a new version out next year. Whatever, they add in a few new bells and whistles. But let's think about a MongoDB. Let's think about last work. Okay, let's. These are new products, and they start here. You started here. What? You worked nine years at yeah. MongoDB. Yes. And you were at a hundred people at that time, or probably even smaller, right?
2: Yeah, I think I was hundred or hundred and second or third employee when I joined.
1: Well, so you were probably here in this. What, what was it? Do you remember what the series was when you were there? Were they uh, still well, they were open?
2: They were, I think, just past series A, maybe series yeah. B at that point in time. I'm not 100% sure at that moment.
1: Okay, let's talk about this. And from, For our friends out there in the audience who are, who are listening, I want you to think about your business and the time that like over, think about your product as it develops over five, 10 years. That's what this curve is. This is our experience and our customer's experience of what happens in customer education. And this is one of the major differentiators for why you and I love this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's changing, it's, it's dynamic, it's calculus. So, okay, I'm, not, I'm, I'm building up. Now this is a curve, right? Here yeah. we have learners who are, they're not the same kind of learners, innovators. The learners who you engaged with at first, because of that program that you had, those are probably hyper-motivated people That's who correct. freaking love your product already. Yeah. Right? Yes. And they were basically part of helping you. This is why you were saying, I'm discovering use cases and we're sending them back to product. And oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. That kind of happenstance probably is not going to happen way out here when you know you have a very mature product. It might. Yeah. But less so here because we're actually building the airplane in flight. We're learning new things, so that's where you were. But then, as you grow, these markets change. Then, okay, we have a base of people that know stuff. Now we need to change something else and make it a little bit more. You know, our our early adopters, yeah, they'll be they'll take a little edgy material, stuff that's not quite perfect. Then we pass the chasm. Yes, the chasm, and we need to put in your own words the experience of hitting the chasm, and to just not set you up for failure. That's how things change in your company, in your team, where all of a sudden you've got a massive group of people coming in. How did that feel to you when you hit that at MongoDB over time?
2: I think when we first spoke about this, this really resonated with me because I think this is exactly what we saw, right? We saw Uh initial curve like going up really quickly, that building up that initial. You know, momentum quickly, but as we ended up getting further down the company journey, it became harder and harder, right? Yeah, it was you're climbing a much steeper hill than you have. Right, to you're up long here, long, right? Um, so I think that for us, that's where being nimble, being having a pulse on where the market is going, keeping an eye on which markets our company is trying to. So for example, for me in When I'm thinking about MongoDB, every time we were trying to grow a region or we were trying to make our presence in the region, that was the place where we had to keep going back to the innovators, right? Mm -hmm. That's the stage in that region. We were back to the innovators. We were not at early adopters. So now I'm in a place in in time where my team is not only supporting the innovators, but they're now also supporting the early adopters, right, for example,
1: and that's interesting too. So new markets, you've got this curve all over again. Yeah. And again, the point being, this is a curve. Yeah. What I wanted to bring up is the next part of this discussion, which is something I think you and I hit on and has not been explained before Yeah. that. Okay. This is calculus. This is part of calculus. I think there's, there's really two angles. Calculus is not all that hard, but it takes a, a level of mental maturity to really grok it. For me, I didn't understand calculus until I was probably three years out of college and I was sitting in a laboratory doing some work and I go, Oh, I, this is hilarious. Like literally I was, I was thinking, I was doing some lab work and I was just thinking about all the stuff I'd learned. And in the lab that I worked at, we had, we did something called chromatography Mm -hmm. and chromatography was basically, if you want to think about it in the easiest context, you have a strip of paper. Okay. And you take that strip of paper and you cut it really long and you get like a, a bowl and you put some food coloring in it. Hmm. And you take the strip of paper and you dip it in the food coloring and the colors start to break and they expand and they go up to the top of that, that, that thing. So then you see like a, maybe if I had blue, I would have green and yellow come out because those are the primary colors behind it. Hmm. The food, you know, FDC dye, red dye, number what I don't know. Anyway. That was chromatography. And chromatography in, for, on a computer looks like this, where I would have this big peak. So basically, I would put stuff on a machine. I would, would inject these samples, and they would go through over time. And then you'd see a peak come out. Yeah. Right? So what I would do is I would run a reference standard first. So I'd inject a reference standard into the HPLC, it's a, the, the machine. And it would have this really nice, beautiful peak. And then I would do that again for samples. And there was math and science to it. But what I cared about is what this area under the curve was. Right. And what I'm trying to do is I actually bridge the idea of in education, and we do not think about this like this. This is, I think, what you kind of hit on when we were talking about this, is that customer education is the area under the curve. the All the activities, and again, let's look at this, over time, yeah, early, middle, late. We're constantly dosing people with information about the product, about what you can do. Skills, MongoDB is databasing, right? Now we need to understand joins, inners, outers, all this other stuff. You're teaching concepts. And let's look at this in this context. So if I were to approach my audience, I'm going to constellate or this, like, if I did nothing, this slope here, it would be a line. Nothing happens. Nobody learns. Nothing goes through. Right. But I take ILT and I stick it here, and I take VILT and I stick it here, and I take NAP and I stick it here. This is one individual's experience of learning. And what happens is over time, it builds up incrementally in small doses. That's what we do. We focus on that area, but it's the impact is all the little things you do over time and how we attack the learning problem. When do you need something? How do you, as you said, meet people where they are? Yeah. So what are your thoughts about this, this idea? And you kind of came up with it or struck on it. And I think it was pretty fantastic.
2: I think that we have to make sure that it's not just concentrating on one area, right? So it's not like, hey, I'm only going to do virtual training. I'm only going to do this or I'm only going to do that, right? For me, area under the curve is all of those things together.
1: Community and community live streams. And live lives.
2: streaming. It's working. And for me, it goes even a little bit beyond that, right? It's working with product. It's working with our it's that collab internal collaboration. All of those pieces are what makes customer education impactful as it is, right? Because just concentrating on just the learning piece or concentrating on just the enablement piece or concentrating on just the internal, you know, collaboration piece in itself, doesn't really give you that full area, right? It gives you, you you need all of these things put together, right? And what, for me, when I'm thinking about customer education as a program, I'm thinking about doing lunch and learns with my customers to make sure that I'm helping my sales team PG into those customers, right? Into those areas. It's actually talking about getting content into our K through 12, into college, into boot camps, so that we have early adopters who are now coming in and who are already trained on the technology. So when my customer tells me, hey, Niaty, we don't have enough, like, I love your technology, but I don't have anyone trained on it. And how do I find resources for it? I'm like, well, there's a whole pool of individuals that are here for you that you can use it. It's about building training partners around the world so that you know you don't have to grow your program. You don't have to continuously grow your team in order to meet the needs of the company and the regions and the geo that you're in. so for me, the area under the curve is all of those things.
3: It's all of those things.
1: That is really well put. But and in that, mm. I'd like you to pull out a couple things that proof points. Yeah. So there was a data point that you shared with me that blew my mind about renewals. I don't want to steal your thunder, but <laughs> uh, can you talk about the, the ROI, that impact that you saw when you were working at MongoDB and you had done all these things? You, you filled the area under the curve, measured it. What do the measurements tell you about revenue or renewals?
2: Yeah. So one thing that I've One thing that I knew from from day one is that, you know, initially MongoDB education program, we were under R&D, but somewhere I knew that it's going to come along a time where they're going to be like, what is the ROI for this team? (laughs) We're investing so much. What is the ROI for this team? And so because of that, I made sure that all of the learner activities, what all the education activities that we were doing were getting tracked. When I say they were getting tracked, they were getting tracked in salesforce because that you, that was our crm right because since everything is tracked in salesforce it was also part of our like you know single view of our customer initially right in the first 5 to 6 years of the company and so what i was able to do is that mongodb education was responsible for 16% of our renewals customers who Went through where wow. education programs were twice as likely to renew with us.
1: Customers were twice as likely to renew. Sixteen percent of renewals were. Well, okay, I'm going to stop you here. Yeah. And I'm saying I have to say this one thing: like this is not magic. This is the calculus. You did a lot of work, and your and, but the single most important thing that you've done here, yeah, was. Measure. Measure. yeah, Measure. Got to say it again. <laughs> Measure. But well, tell me what the fiscal impact then was. What, what does 16% of renewals like translate to in dollar figures? This is substantial.
2: Yeah. It's like millions and millions of dollars. Right. And it's also when we're talking about 16%, we're talking about just retention of our customers. That's not even talking about having the onboarding experience. When I said we had two X renewals, right? That means that they had an amazing onboarding experience. They were using our product more early on, right? Time to value, right? That's what some of these underlying numbers really mean, right? Like I'm saying just 16%, but it's the time to value. What my goal, even at Lacework right now, is like incrementally How do I reduce the time to value, right? And what does that really look like? And for each company, it's going to look a little different, right? Here at LeaseWork, we're looking at when are they deployed, right? If they have X amount uh, that they've purchased with us, how much of that are they actually deploying? And right? And if individuals that have gone through, you know, say LeaseWork Academy, we're trying to measure what impact does that have? Are we Mm -hmm. seeing that the impact is the same? If the impact is the same, then that means that I need to tweak my program a little bit more to make sure that I am reducing that time. So in addition to measuring, you know, how my learners are completing their courses, what their satisfaction is, how many people are getting certified, all of those are really great and we should be measuring that. But the larger goal of the customer education, in my mind, is it's things like this. It's time to value. It's how much are we impacting renewals, are we able to be, so at MongoDB, we also ended up becoming one of like the side effects of MongoDB University. And the fact that MongoDB was open source is that we also became a demand gen engine. And That's so,
1: incredible for your team did.
2: Yeah, our team did because our content was so great. And because we were kind of like focused on building out that community, our community was talking about it. So we would get a lot of organic growth on MongoDB University without even having to heavily market it early on.
3: Oh,
1: see, that's you are doing it right. These conversations make me so excited yeah. because the light the, and, and what I want to do is frame this up a little bit again to the audience, particularly if you're coming in as a practitioner or you're in even more so as an executive. What you're talking about here is real dollars. I think the hardest part for a lot of leadership as we build these programs, it's really hard to connect. Well, what is it you're really doing? Well, what we're really doing is exactly what you're saying. We're filling the area under the curve. (laughs) We're constellating all of these learning interventions. We're giving people this, I like to call it the warm hug. (laughs) That sounds so weird. Like, you're my customer. I love you. You're a nerd like me. You're using this thing. You have a hard job. I've got a hard job. I'm your therapist. I'm giving you the content you need, but not just that. Now I'm bringing you along like a professor, like a teacher, your coach, we're giving you all this stuff. This is a new way of educating because we have to get ahead of this curve. We have to spike it and it's not a consistent flat line. Okay, I caught my thread. The most important thing I think we can draw from this discussion is that customer education impacts revenue. It impacts retention. It impacts NRR. It impacts lifetime value. It impacts time to first value. It does all these things. If you're measuring and you're pivoting and you're changing and you're being responsive, this is science.
2: Yeah. But the other cool thing, right, Dave, is also building champions, right? So I built a champion, say, at company one, MongoDB. Now that champion goes to another company, right? So sometimes for me, I was actually, we were tracking the person on their personal journey in Salesforce, in addition to also having them attack To the company, right? Because then I can say that this, because this person, they can go from company to company. But if they are the ones who are bringing in MongoDB into their new company, that's something that we have built in them. We have created that excitement, that energy, that uh, loyalty, that advocacy. So I think that that's another piece to kind of think about as well, that we also build champions that not only help impact in the current organization, but they bring us from one to the next.
0: This episode is brought to you by SkillJar. In customer education, we know that trained customers are your best
1: customers, which is why companies turn to SkillJar to drive adoption, retention, and efficiency,
0: support their products and to build healthier, more profitable organizations, and strengthen the power of your brand. You don't say. Well, just look at some of the great companies that use SkillJar to power their own training programs. That's companies like LinkedIn, Cisco, U-Haul, Spotify, and more. They all trust SkillJar to train their customers, partners, or even employees. And I like that it's well architected with quality connectors and integrations to Salesforce and HubSpot. We both appreciate their amazing partnership from
1: their customer success team. Get your personal demo for SkillJar at SkillJar.com. Customer training made easy. I, I'm putting this on the screen. Customer education builds champions. Yeah. Well put. Okay. We're kind of wrapping up here. There's a couple of things I wanted to do. I know we have some comments in the threads. Okay. One of the most recent ones is from Pam. And Pam said, what did you have to do to, to ensure one you were able to track learners and customers mm-hmm. and two who did you have to work with to get the insights Th- those are good questions here can you Briefly answer that one for me.
2: Yeah, so we actually work with our sales ops and our marketing ops teams. And then in some companies, like so when MongoDB ended up you know, growing in size, we also had to work with our business system teams. And so what yeah. we had to make sure is that we had to, it was almost like being a product manager. I had to actually build out a product description, talking about the rationale to what we're trying to do, why we want it, and exactly what we want piped and so it does require that level of due diligence and then so we took that and then we brought it to the the team so that as part of their Quarterly planning or as they are going through their planning that our project was part of that planning. So I think that it does take collaboration with many different teams within your organization, depending on where the integration sits. So if it's the data warehousing team that we're trying to integrate with, because that's where all of our insights are going into because we have Salesforce that's connected, you may have a support ticketing system. You may have a customer 360 view system. They may all get put into the data warehouse. In some cases, your data warehouse may be just Salesforce, right, which is what it started out at MongoDB for. Mm-hmm. It was a single thing that I had to worry about. There were two things, actually. It was our marketing system, which was one thing, and it was our Salesforce system. That was the second thing. But then as, as the company grew, I had to continue evolve on that, which meant that I had to work with our bis, bis, business systems to make sure that we have data going into our data warehouse.
1: Right. Right. And this is no easy task. And I think this is one that... Well, actually, I don't think I know. This is one of the biggest challenges that people that are new to customer education have to overcome at some point. And this is... You have to have an exec sponsor up here that can help pull you up. Because when you go to these other business teams, they go, I got stuff to do. What do you... What? Why is this a value to me? You actually have to come to them with that value prop to say, Okay, look, listen... <laughs> and you show some of your stats that you've seen. Like yeah. this is worth your time because what I'm giving us here is millions of dollars
2: that's that are coming,
1: left yeah. on it's left on the table millions of dollars that nobody's thinking about.
2: And that's why I kind of use the framework of like product management. Sorry, when I talked, I, I you know, assumed that the audience kind of like knows, but like when I'm saying about a product description date, that's what it is because it has the impact. It says the business impact. Like what is the ROI of this project, right? It makes makes me as an individual who's going with this request really thinking through that why should this other team who's already inundated help me with this, right? And so it has the current pain points. It has the future state. It has the business impact. You always need to go with the business impact with these teams. And initially when I started out, I did not go with that. And I had a lot of shut doors. It's like, no, Neathy, not right now. But then over time, Dave, what you just mentioned. I had that aha moment that I need to go in with the business impact because otherwise they're not going to listen to me. The second thing is, is that, you know, when you're starting out with your education program, if you actually go with the request then because you're already implementing an LMS, you're already doing some of these things, it might be easier because the data is much smaller. The amount of lift is smaller. So sometimes mm-hmm. thinking about, even though you may not need the data piping right now, it might be easier to do it at the get-go versus doing it at a later point because the complexity increases drastically. I'm glad you
1: said that because this was one of the things, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a personal and, and transparent story. I won't mention the company, but everybody will probably know. <laughs> I started that journey very early at one of the companies I worked with Yeah, and I got a lot of pushback. Okay. But I think with what you're saying here, you actually give me hope because maybe this is on us as an industry, like customer education industry, to come up and take what you're talking about, look, this product uh, management, temp- this approach. Yeah. I, and I've said this before and other people have said this before. Education is a product. It is part of your product. It is the part of your product that nobody talks about yes. and forgets about because like how are you going to train people? Well, I don't have time for that. I just got to sell product. I got to sell product. No. Flip the script. Yeah. What you did and actually what I did at Gainsight very early on was to think about the data first. What am I doing? What is my program about? This is one of the things uh and I'll, I'll mention I'm, you know, I'm at Service Rocket and obviously and at Service Rocket we are working with customers and you can catch this here. I'll provide a link later, but you want to learn about like how to do this, this is what I do. I've taken the experiences that I've learned from several companies that I've worked with and folks like you that have networked with and learned from. And what we're trying to do is come back and help others who might not be like us and have been so blessed and fortunate to have companies that bought in, right? Because you said to me, MongoDB bought in hard.
2: And they it, bought the- it hard after the first, like after the first two, after what they saw the success with the first two courses that we had and then subsequent runs of that same content, they were bought in. And so I think that a lot of what I'm saying, I definitely understand that the success at MongoDB was a good portion of it has to do with that executive buy-in. Here at Lacework, you know, things are a little different. But but from the learnings that I've had, now I can go back with the business impact, and I cannot stress that enough. That even at Lacework right now, the way I'm able to get buy-in is because of the business impact.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating. If any of you, I'm breaking the fourth wall here. If you're, if any of you are having this challenge, I've had this challenge. You've had this challenge. Mm-hmm. I've had this moment of if you just listen to me, we just do this one thing. Like, okay, no, I have to change my thinking. Here's what we're trying to do. I need this data in this place joined with this data. You know, like at table stakes is I have my LMS. That goes in Salesforce. You do a join on the account and the contact. You build some Tableau tables or whatever you need to do in your BI platform. And you're able to track individuals and company attached to your educational programs. And then if you bind that with Okay, churn, who took training, who didn't? Uh, Renewal, who took training, who didn't? You know, that's all you have to do on a very basic rudimentary level at first. And that starts showing you, oh, this cohort who refused to do or pay for or do anything with training, well, they churned. So make training paid in, built into your thing. And that's where customer education slips in really nicely. But I think this is important. Because if you have the data to prove what your team is doing, this is the cell. Yeah. Listen, Ops VP, this is what we need, not me, to show the efficacy and efficiency. You know, my department and the work we're doing in a real-time basis almost, or at least every day. And if we don't get that, I could only measure completion rates and butts in seats and things like that. So this is pivotal for us to measure the area under the curve. To do that, you need to have that business rationale. You need to be able to articulate what you're trying to do. You need the executive sponsor and a plan, a strategy. Without that, you're just doing training.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One, One thing I'll just add on to that, Dave, is that measure the area under the curve before you start your education program. Because sometimes we are showing like, hey, here's the impact that we're having, but prior to actually launching our programs it's really good idea to see where the numbers are to say that hey prior to la- launching like my education program our churn was off the roof and now we like now that we have launched you know launched it this is just you know causation but here there is a causation right yes. so sometimes you even start out with just causation and that's okay as well because i think that That is also powerful in its own way, starting out to kind of like building out your credibility within the organization to say, hey, listen, listen to us kind of situation.
1: This is the most important thing to say, that all of this discussion builds up to one point is that you need to be measuring and you need to do it early. And you need to make to make those relationships with the people in your organization and think like a nerd a little bit. And uh, there's people to help you with that. This is, this isn't, this is not rocket science. There, it is hard, and it requires a lot of persistence, right? I don't know about you, but I, hey, can I meet with you? Can I talk with you? Like, can, this is what we're trying to do. You know, the, the shining star moment that I had, though, and this is, I think we can wrap up after this, but the, the, the moment that I had the most joy at work
3: mm. was
1: I was, I finally got through. I said, here's my data source. Look, just listen to me. I have this data source, this data source, this data source. Can we get them in our, you know, our data warehouse? Sure. Okay. Then can you help me attach them so that I can look at this? And this person did it. And they get this call and the guy was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Do you know how much you're affecting churn and revenue and impacting these things? And I go, I know, right? Uh, and he goes, why aren't we measuring? I'm like, why aren't we measuring these things, Mr. BI person? <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, um, we had a, a little bit more we could talk about. Let's save it for another day. For sure. um, so let, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, I want, want to I'll give you the moment here. Can you again, say where you're at, say how we can get uh, in contact with you. I've got actually your LinkedIn right up here um what more would you you, uh like if you are you willing to talk to folks if they're struggling with this journey as well
2: yeah definitely you know i think dave we kind of spoke about this uh a little bit when we were talking a few weeks ago or last week um that i think i uh you know i work for the customer education function i just happen to be employed by lacework so i'm more than happy and willing um to have conversations and discussions and you know again each customer each each company is a little different in where they're in their journey um, in being bought in with the customer education piece, more than happy to kind of brainstorm ideas to help you get over that chasm.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Nyadi. This has been a wonderful, this has been one of my favorite episodes for just geeking out and laying back and, but then really having a point Yeah. that I'm, I'm sticking with this term. It's the area, uh, customer education is the area under the curve. It's all the things you do over time, but it's not linear, you know, it's not just a linear thing. If we want exponentiation, we're going to have to do some work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, this has been so much fun. I love geeking out. So I hope to we'll do more of these geek out sessions.
1: Fabulous. Okay, everybody. And uh, as we go out the door here, I want to say again, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, If you want to talk about developing these kinds of programs, we actually do do this as a part of my day job. Um, This link right now will take you to our customer education services page on, uh, and I'll put this in the the chat afterwards. Um, Have programs where we do workshops periodically, and we get into all the weeds, and we start pulling these things out, and help you understand what you need to do to build a great program. So if you're interested in doing that, reach out to me. That's not a hard pitch. I, like Nyadi, have have really loved this market and I spend a lot of my own personal time just talking to my friends, just like you. (laughs) Thank you so much once again for being on the show. Um, Audience, you know, keep this asynchronously, get in the chat, Tell us what you like, tell us what you want to learn. We'll come back with more stuff and we will probably be responding later or asynchronously as well. So with that, get out there and learn some good stuff, help your customers and and make that area under the curve. All right,
3: (laughs) Bye. Thanks.